0: Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today for the Lead Young Adult Podcast. This is Rob, and today I'm just going to take a few minutes to talk about hope. Um, This subject kind of got started a couple weeks ago. um, As the guys group, the guys small group, we were out at Dino's getting dinner that night, and the subject kind of turned to um, talking about hope. And it kind of stuck with me, and we looked at... um, Isaiah 26, and I had recently been reading it um, in the Passion Version, and the verse reads, Perfect absolute peace surrounds those whose imaginations are consumed with you. They confidently trust in you. And what's really stood out to me in that verse, and in that version, is how how they've taken the word mind and they've translated it to imaginations. Because to, to me, imaginations and hope are always going to be linked. Um your hope level is going to determine how your imagination functions. Hope, when you take it back to the original language in the Greek, it comes from the word elpis and it talks about an unseen future and it is the anticipation of good, knowing that we have a good God, um, that we have Jesus and that they love us so much that God sent Jesus for us. When you look at the gospel, you look at the story of creation, God loves people so much. He loves you so much that we have the gospel message that Jesus came, suffered a horrendous death on the cross, and then was raised in glory in a seat at the right hand of the Father. And that through that, we have been reconciled back to the Father, a fallen humanity restored all through the goodness and the love of God. So when you think about it, in light of the gospel, in the light of a Father God who wouldn't even withhold His own Son from us, we can trust Him. We know that He is faithful. And because of those characteristics being just part of who He is, His very personality, we can expect good things in the future. We know that his word says that in Jeremiah that there's good plans, good purposes that he has in store for each one of us. Um, as I was thinking about this, there, there's a movie that Christine and I used to watch when we were in college. And we recently pulled it out and, and, and actually watched it recently. And it was called The Guardian. And it talks about um, the National Guard and they're elite rescue swimmers um, section of that of that branch of military. And they're, they're the elite, the best of the best swimmers. And, and in the story, um, you have Senior Chief Ben Randall, who's a legend. He gets hurt, ends up coming back. Well, he doesn't get hurt. He, he, he's going through PTSD, basically. And they send him down to teach A school. So he's going to be coming out of active performance duty to come down and train these new recruits and there's a young there's a there's a young guy in there who's coming through um in hopes of passing the class and that's who the story centers on is is fisher but there's another character in there and his and his last name is hodge and when senior chief ben randall comes out and he's addressing the class and he's going over the rule he comes up to Hodge and one of the other other instructors says, This is this is Hodge. This is his third time through. And Senior Chief Ben Randall says, Well, three Pete, do you think you're going to make it through this time? And he responds, I sure hope so, senior chief. And Ben Randall responds to him, Hope doesn't float, Hodge. You better learn to swim against the current and not with it. And, and, the, and the more that I was thinking about this topic, the more that those lines came back to me. And I was just thinking about how true that is. Because in the flow of culture today, faith to have faith today is to go against the mainstream flow of culture. To have a relationship with Jesus, to, to believe even in God at this point in, in our culture right now, is going against mainstream. And it actually takes hope. To go against the culture. In this this scenario, CHF Ben Randall was saying that, you know, hope was was passive. And that to be passive, you were just going to go along with the current. Um, Basically, he wasn't going to push through and make it through the class if he was simply relying on hope. However, I think having hope is... is an active attribute. I don't think that it's something that's passive. You can obviously say that you have hope and then sit on sit down and do nothing and just say, "Well, I just have hope that it's going to work out." Well, if you have true hope, hope is going to do something. If you expect good things good things are going to happen, then you are going to take the necessary steps or or whatever you can do. In that situation or that that season of life, whether that's showing up to work on time every day, doing your job with excellence, or if that's showing up to class on time, studying, doing the assigned reading, um, whatever whatever point or wherever you are in life right now, whether that's doing relationships well, doing family well, doing friendships well, whatever season you're in, if you have hope, you're going to step out and continue to move forward. Um, Steve Backlin, at Ign- Igniting Hope Ministries and he's part of the um, the Leadership Network team out in Reading. He takes a quote and he talks about how I, I can't remember who the original person was who said it, but he said that any area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope is under the influence of a lie. And we need to repent, repent meaning to change our mind about something, to turn and go another way. We need to repent in that area until that very area glistens with hope in our lives. So if I have no hope for a certain relationship in my life, God God doesn't look at that relationship without hope. God doesn't look at that relationship and, and wring his hands and go, Well, I don't know what we're going to do now, Jesus and Holy Spirit. I sure wish there was a fourth one of us here who had the answers. No, God God has hope. If we don't have a redemptive solution to a problem, we don't have God's solution. God is in the business of redeeming. There is no lack of hope in God's end. and That's where renewing our mind, fixing our eyes on Jesus, knowing that he is for us, And having that expectation of good, that good things are in the future, that is what's going to move us forward to take those next steps in wherever we are. And I think about this, about taking steps forward. Well, so you have hope. You believe that there's good things in the story. You believe there's a purpose. Well, how do you visualize that? no one no one of us at least that I've seen has a has a map that when we're born someone hands us a map and says this is what your life is going to look like this is exactly what you're going to do this is the vision that God that God has for your life and, and here it is hundred percent a to b all the details bulleted out you just follow this step by step and and, and you'll arrive that no one that I have ever seen has that. Now, I know that there's pro- prophetic words and prophecy comes into that and believing of the Holy Spirit. But what I'm saying is, is that no one gets the complete list from A to Z on the day of their birth. It's a process. Well, how do you imagine the process? How do you see it? It comes through imagination. I shouldn't even have said, how do you imagine the process? Because that's where I was going with it. But your imagination. And when, when you look at the footnotes down in the Passion Translation for that original verse we looked at in Isaiah 26, 3. Um, and it says, The steadfast mind, and this is the, what they took, the Hebrew word yetzer, and they, they translate to imagination. And they said that imagination forms and frames up. Imagination frames up one's reality. It is unfortunate that many today have rejected the God-created imagination that each of us possesses. Our imagination must be set apart for God and continually made holy. The imagination, both good and evil, is a frequent concept in the Bible. So how, how can your imagination be both good and evil? It's, it's what you choose to do with it. It's it's the same thing with our thought life, our words that we speak, and our actions. We have a choice with every one of those areas. And our imagination is no different. Our imagination actually, as, as this talks about, frames up or helps you to have a vision for what your future is going to look like within the next day, the next hour, you know, a year from now, you know, we, we people in the business will talk about, you know, a five-year plan. Your vision for those things is your imagination. Your imagination helps you to visualize the future. And I believe that it's a gift from God given to us to be able to partner with him to envision where we are going with Him in our next steps. Because God does want us to dream with Him. And oftentimes, you know, you hear me talk about about dreams, like God, God gives us a dream. God calls us to something. And if we don't have hope, if we don't look at our future, if we don't have imagination that's framing up our world, and we don't fill that with hope. It's very easy to get discouraged. We can very easily allow our imagination to be influenced by negativity, by disappointing experiences. And those disappointed experiences can cause us to look at things in a distorted way. Instead of looking at our future through the lens of the goodness of God, all of a sudden we start looking at it through the lens of our experience and we say you know what last time I tried I tried this I failed sometimes it's not the the end result that really is what what God is after in our lives sometimes it's the journey every situation is different but sometimes the way we measure success is the way that God measures success and sometimes that, that's very hard for us when we think about a linear, pathway to success, meaning that point A is the start and point B is the top of the mountain in in success. But God wants us to walk out our lives with him in a constant relational journey, day in and day out. But the subject of imagination is, I I think it's so huge because I feel like it's a concept sometimes that gets ignored or gets underplayed because I believe there's a tendency in our culture to talk about, imagination in a negative way. And they talk about it as something that gets left in childhood. And if you think about how Jesus talked about the kingdom and he talks about how children, we must become like children to receive children are trusting children have the capacity to dream and to imagine. If you look at creative play with, with children, I mean, you can give them a cardboard box and all of a sudden they're in NASA But as adults, sometimes we struggle to think creatively for a solution in our jobs or um, maybe a homework assignment, whatever it is. Sometimes we struggle to get out of the realm of logic or out of the realm of this is how I've done it before. This is the only way it's ever been done. And we don't allow imagination, a sanctified imagination under the influence of God to really see what is possible around us. And maybe it's something that, that, that seems impossible, but God has a solution. There, There's no problem, there's no um, situation that God doesn't have a redemptive solution for. And I, I completely believe that part of grasping the importance of a sanctified imagination, an, an imagination that, we focus our thought life on, on God. We, we set that time apart every day to walk relationally, but we watch what, what we're putting through our eye gates and our ear gates and what, what we're feeding um, our minds because what, what we feed in will have a tendency to come out in our imaginations and, and what we then speak. So all that going together is going to influence your hope level and your ability to look at your future with hope and to truly believe that God does have good things in store for you. And so much of that even comes back to identity, um, what we believe about God and then what we believe about ourselves. And that's that's a subject that you know we, we could go on and do a series of teachings and podcasts just on identity. But in the interest just to keep this short, um, at this time of year, I, I know that some people give things up for lent. Um, and that's another subject, but for me at this time of year, what I, what I was doing before this year came around is every year I would, I would give up social media and it wasn't that I gave up social media in some way as some kind of obligation to somehow make Jesus proud of me. Like that was never part of it. Um, for me, it was, I'm making a deliberate choice To create more space for God, it's not about giving something up. It's about creating the opportunity to get closer to the Lord. And and as I I would do that, I would create more time, and I would draw closer, and I would see my hope levels rise. I I would see the posture of my heart change as I as I focus more on Him. But this year, there's just been so much much white noise, um, stuff with COVID. Um, the election, just so many different things, that that there's so much white noise out there right now. There's so many competing voices that this year, so far, um, besides jumping on for just to grab different information and stuff here and there, maybe, I don't know, less than a handful of times, I've pretty much been off social media altogether because I I noticed that it was affecting my hope levels. It was something that was affecting my ability to look at the world around me and, and have hope. And it was something where I was looking at it and I was like, wow, like I don't have as much hope for this area as I did before I had looked at my phone and read all of these articles and posts. So I, I just took, turned it off. And, you know, that that's just me. I'm not, this isn't saying that social media is bad or you need to get off social media. I'm just telling you what I'm doing right now in my life because I'm sure there will be a point where I will get back on social media, but... For right now, I'm doing it a little bit different. And th- there's another quote that I want to, as we close out, there's another quote that I want to share. And it, I believe it's from Winston Churchill. And it says, he who has the most hope has the most influence. We are called to change the world around us. Wherever you've been placed, you are called to be sold and light. And to be sold and light and to positively impact the world around you, you have to have hope. And this quote talks about how the person who carries most hope will have the most influence because people want to follow people who have hope. When you have hope, people want to know why. And not only do they want to know why, but they want to see where you're going. And if you're a leader who doesn't have hope, if no one's following you, you're just taking a walk. And that just kind of summarizes a backlink quote, but, some of these things that have really just been standing out to me lately, and it's something that um, came up in the conversation at Dino's and I just thought it was something that worth sharing and I hope you had the opportunity to um, get something out of this. I hope that um, you know as you ponder these things, as you dive into the word, as you spend time with the Lord, you just allow yourself to fix your eyes on Jesus. To have hope, to find hope, to increase those levels of hope for whatever area of life that you might be struggling with right now or whatever area of life. Or, you know, maybe things are are going well, but you know that there's more. You know, believe that God is good, that God is for you, and that God wants to show up and show off in your life today. He is so good. We have a loving King Jesus. We have an amazing Father. And He has good good plans for your life. So thank you all for joining. Look forward to seeing you all soon. I'm just going to close this out with a word of prayer. Father God, Lord, I thank you for the listeners today, God. I thank you, Father, for what you are already doing in their lives, Father, and what you have stirred in their hearts, Lord, as they've listened to this podcast, Father. Lord, I pray that you will just continue to speak hope and encouragement into their lives, God. I believe, Lord, that you are good and that you desire good things for them, Father. So, Lord, I just thank you. I love you. We love you. And, God, we just thank you because you are so, so good. Thank you. Amen.